Well, how precious was that? Thank you, Valentine family. It is our desire today to set our mind on the Savior and to rejoice in His coming. And we look at the announcement today. Uh, if you're visiting Calvary for the first time, we want to say welcome. So glad you're here. You view, viewing online, glad you could be with us in that way. Uh, we'd love to meet you, and we'll have our pastors in the atrium following the service, and uh, we'd just love to connect with you. We have a gift for you just to say thank you for being here. Telling the story to the children, uh, just, just a wonderful thing because, as I mentioned, maybe, maybe it's the first time they heard the story, and you see eyes with wonder. Isn't that precious when a child beholds something, and, uh, and especially as good as the news of the coming of a Savior, and uh, that's a special part for Janet and I to be involved in. But the truth is, as we think of the telling of the story in Luke chapter 2, and you can turn there, please, as we tell that story, there's some familiarity to the story, and as a result of that, we could miss the significance of it. I mean, think of the fact of maybe how many times you've heard that. Certainly, if you read through your Bible and have a reading plan, you've come through Luke 2 many, many times. And when you see the story, yeah, it's precious, but I've heard this. And uh, I don't want you to miss the importance of the text. And, and I'm going to ask, as I pray in a little bit, that we, we have fresh eyes. Pastor Jerry prayed earlier, Lord, give us fresh eyes today. And no matter how familiar the passage is to you, no matter how many times you've heard it, can you see it with those fresh eyes today? What does God have for each one of us along with what he revealed to the shepherds? So as we think of that, interestingly, think about who the story was told to. Who was the invitation given to? Maybe just as importantly, we should be thinking of who should it have been given to in our thoughts? I mean, such a big announcement. Perhaps it should have been told to the king so there could have been all that pomp and celebration and just the way a king would be able to do it. Of course, that would have been Herod. So uh, we're not too happy with that thought. But it could have been announced in the temple. And there, there could have been ceremony, and, and the high priest could have led the reading of Scripture, and they're really been appreciated because of the fulfillment of Scripture. But, but that's not who we see the message delivered to. Who we see it is a ragtag bag of shepherds. That's an interesting thought. Do you ever give thought? Why, why these shepherds? And and maybe as you get familiar once again with that story, you've read it again and again and again, has very little meaning to you. But think about it. The only invitation from God to come and visit Mary and Joseph and the infant Jesus is to a group of shepherds. At best, shepherds were just common folk. That's at best. They were not the social elite. Most likely, these shepherds were tending their sheep just outside of Bethlehem, and, and it's possible they were even preparing these, these sheep to go to the temple for sacrifice. But these are the last people you'd expect God to notice and give this invitation to. And yet, 
that's who it goes to. And I think there are some important truths for us. Just as the shepherds learned some things that morning, there are some things that we can learn as well. Follow along with me in chapter 2. I pick it up in verse 7. And it says there, And she, speaking of Mary, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Can you identify with shepherds today of what they were experiencing and why fear came upon them? Would you ask God's blessing upon our word with me this morning? Father, thank you as we gather as a church family and, and uh, friends from the community and others that have been invited, for those online, Lord, we pray that you would give us fresh eyes to Scripture that has been read many, many, many times. We've heard it so often. And Father, if we've grown familiar with such an important, significant passage as this, forgive us. Help us today to see this anew. That excitement would be in our heart as we celebrate Christmas, Lord. Your blessing to us, your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please consider with me some things that the shepherds experienced this morning. And I believe, once again, helpful to us. Because the shepherds learned that day that everyone is important to God. Think about this invitation who comes to this despised group of people. Outcast from all respectable society. Their honesty and their integrity was so much in question that in that time they were not allowed to testify in a court of law. Think about that. They were so far down on the list of social outcasts, the only people lower were lepers. These are the people that God brought the message to. Why? Why would he not give it to someone else? Why these folks? And I, I think there's some reasons that we can consider. I personally think that God chose the shepherds to show that his love is available to all. Now, we very well know God is no respecter of persons. We've heard it said it's from the uttermost to the guttermost that he has died for, shed his blood for, and desires to have a relationship with. And so, his, his love is available to all. He's not a respecter of individuals. He does not show respect to kings more than he shows it to the king's servants. Just simply the way it is. I love Romans 10, 13 for that reason when it says that uh, if you call upon the name of the Lord, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's all inclusive. And you may be here today and actually need to do that so you can have that relationship with God. But there's an invitation to all because God is not a respecter of people. No matter what you've done, no matter what your background is, God gives that invitation and God loves you. Interesting thought about the shepherds and how they responded to this. And, and maybe we would think this way as well. Thoughts that, does, does God even know that I exist? And if, if he does, what would be his opinion of me? I think deep down many of us feel that way. Does God know what I'm going through? Does he really love me? No matter how insignificant you think you are, my friend, God knows you and God loves you. 
Listen to the Apostle Paul explain this in his first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 26. He says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world that the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. So my friends, the first thing the shepherds experience and, and we need to understand as well, we are important to God and he loves us. I think another thing that the shepherds experienced that day and, and we should be reminded as well, God has wonderful news. God has wonderful news for us. Verse 10 says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Notice the message that is given by the angel and spoke to the most immediate need that these shepherds had. Fear not. Bible tells us they were greatly afraid. Wouldn't you be? Out in the field, a light comes that's blinding, and suddenly an angelic messenger appears. Of course they're going to be afraid, terribly afraid. And truth is, that may describe some of us today, fear in our lives of the things we're facing, things that are going on. Your heart may be feel, filled with fear based on your health. Over the last number of weeks, Janet and I visited a number of our golden gems, and as we sat with each family, discovered so many things at this stage of life are difficult. Health, um, other things going on in their lives, recognizing time is coming short before we go to glory. On that side of it, there's rejoicing. But truthfully, and especially when it's your spouse that's hurting and there's very little you can do to help them, fear can fill your heart. I think sometimes there are family relationships that are happening right now in our midst that bring fear to the unknown. What does 2024 hold for us? How are we going to get through the difficulties we are facing right now? Job security. Speak to a number of you that uh, have spoken about the idea. Not sure if my company is going to make it through the next year. And, and there's always that fears in the workplace of uh, will I be able to provide for my family? It could be the economy you're considering or the world conditions, and it does not take long to put on the news and suddenly say, oh my, here we go again. Discouraging news, and it may fill your heart with fear, but please don't allow that to happen because there is good news of great joy today. Our Savior was born. The scriptures have been fulfilled Christ is Lord. Notice too that this news will be for all people. 
It's not just for a privileged few. The Scripture tells us, whosoever will, let him come. There's an invitation this morning. Whosoever will, let him come. He's available to all, and that includes you. So the angel's assurance that they need not be afraid. Listen to what it says in verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So get this scene, the heavenly flash, and then suddenly they're surrounded with this heavenly host praising God. Now we wonder, what did that look like? What is a heavenly host? And maybe previously you've looked at this, you say, oh, that's pretty cool. There were some angels there. Um, my understanding of the multitude is not 50 or 100 or 150, but a, an amount that was not able to be counted. I believe that the heavenly host stretched from horizon to horizon to witness the most amazing event in the history of the universe. Think about that. And suddenly they begin to sing praises. You know, we're told in Job 38.7 that at the creation, the angels sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Once again, they come and are joined together at the birth of the Savior, singing praises to God. And the sign to them is that they'll find the child lying in a manger. And think about that. No other child was born in a cattle stable that night. No other child's first resting place was a crude feeding trough designed to feed cattle. No, they learned some things that night that God had some wonderful news. But think as well that what they learned that night is how you respect, respond to God's news makes all the difference. Verse 15 says this, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. I think it's interesting that they responded well to the invitation. We don't always do that. There are many today outside of Christ for different reasons. And perhaps they've ignored the call. They've heard it. Family has prayed for them. People have given tracts, but they ignore the call, and the shepherds could have done the same. Any number of excuses could have kept them from going to this scene that they were called to, checking out what they had heard. As many do, the shepherds could have debated it. Is, is this what we should be doing? Let's analyze this. Should we be leaving our sheep? Should we... What's going to mean if we travel that distance and trying to figure it all out? How many folks do that? Try to analyze the gospel call. How can it be? God wants to save me. How does he know about me? Can I trust in his word and actually act on it? And, and the conversation goes on and it could have certainly went on for the shepherds. More talking, more talking, more talking. And sometimes we actually talk ourselves out of responding in faith. Now you may be struggling with your faith right now because of a number of circumstances in your life. 
But may I tell you that your circumstances do not change God's word. It is eternal. It is true. And it can meet every need that is represented here today. I love the fact that we see the shepherds choosing to believe. And I believe the, the belief in the shepherd in this message of the angel is shown in their words. Because they did not say, let us go and see if these things are true. They didn't say that, did they? They said, let us go now and see this thing that has come to pass. That, my friends, is faith. They were told by God, and they knew it had come to pass. So for us, the truth is, it's not enough to hear about Jesus. And maybe someone's here today that has heard many times, Jesus loves you, Jesus wants to save you. None of that affects you unless you respond to that message. It's not enough to look into the manger of all the beautiful scenes around Greenville and across the world and see that baby in the manger and say, that's precious. That's so cute. None of that, not the warm, fuzzy feelings that we can have, will save us unless we respond to that message. We have to respond to the invitation because he came to seek and to save them that are lost. That was me. That was everyone here. Sadly, it may still represent some here today. So they learned how to respond. And then they also learned what you do with the good news. Verse 17 says this, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherds. Verse 20 says, then the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things they heard and seen as it was told them. My friends, we have the first evangelist here. But notice what these individuals did not focus on. Because there were many things that morning that they could have focused on. How about how fearful we were? You had to see the light that was all around us. Hey, there were angels around us. They don't mention the choir, the heavenly choir, or any of the miraculous things taking place. Their main interest was reporting in what was told them concerning the child. My friends, as you reflect on closing out this year and look back as we often do to 2023, how many did you share the good news with? How many times did you tell the amazing story of the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. That's a story that does not get old. That's why I love the song. I love to tell the story because it's so amazing that God would save me and you should be rejoicing in that as well and telling others about that story. You know what? Every individual is important. And there are people that you passed up this year and may not have taken opportunity, didn't have that track in your pocket, didn't take an opportunity to say, hey, come and visit us at Calvary. At the very least, invite them to the wonderful musical programs we had over the last couple of weeks so that they would have that opportunity to hear the gospel. And if they have a need of Christ, can actually call upon him. No matter how long you're in this earth, even if it's just for a few moments, you have the ability to influence others because that's what life's all about. We're always influencing someone, whether for good 
or for bad? Are you doing your part? As we enter 2024 in another week, would you dedicate yourself to be ready to answer that question? Where would you be one second after you take your final breath? This morning, I spoke with Bill Smith, and he said, Pastor, Miss Judy is really struggling, and we've been talking every day and praying, and I know she's declining rapidly. And he says, I'm not sure when that final breath is coming, but I think it's near. And I said, Bill, we, we know that she's declining, <laughs> but we also know this. When she takes that final breath, she'll be in his presence. I've always, Janet and I have always been encouraged by Miss Judy. The smile that is contagious. The testimony of how good her God is. And although it's sad and maybe even so on in a season such as this, to lose a loved one, Miss Judy's time is coming where she'll be face to face with the Savior. She influenced others. She influenced her family. She made a difference. The last verse of our text says the shepherds had seen such wondrous sights that they had to go back to the ordinary, but they did not want to be ordinary. It's true for us. This is a time of celebration. We have family in, and we're just rejoicing to be able to spend time with our loved ones. And there's going to be great food and great festivities. Comes Tuesday morning, we go back to the ordinary. But will this all be past? Will the Christmas story have any meaning? And if it does, will you be telling anyone about it? Because it certainly had meaning to them. They were so full of what had happened in their lives, they could not keep themselves from sharing the good news with everyone they came into contact with. Now, you may think, well, you know, they, they probably would be listened to. They, they were shepherds and probably got around and knew people, and they had that opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of others. If you once again think about who they were, real shepherds, Tough individuals, crude, uh, probably not the one you would want to bring home for Christmas and introduce to your sister, maybe. They were hard, difficult individuals. But listen, the celebrating by these shepherds was not what we see artistic praise spoken by the cultured. It was not the quiet reflection of the scholar. When the Bible says that they were glorifying and praising God, it's describing something and the only thing that I could think of that might catch your attention and identify with this for you Gamecock or Clemson fans is that overtime, seconds running down, and the touchdown brings it home for them. And you know what it looks like if you've ever been there, if you've ever seen it on TV. They're screaming and shouting and joy over a football game. And yet, when it comes to our Savior... We grow silent. Oh, I hope that we as Calvary Baptist Church, our family here, dedicate ourselves to sharing the word with others. And I know we are all different personalities, but folks, everyone can take a track out of their pocket and say, hey, this changed my life. Read it when you have a moment. 
People are hurting all around us. People need a savior. Just this past week, someone I knew, someone I was very close with from where we lived previously, someone that was one of my karate students, someone I introduced to Jesus, found life so difficult that they could not go on. And at the news, my heart was broke. And folks, we, we do what we can, and we trust God with the rest. But I'm telling you today, there are people that you're going to perhaps run into today, this week, and certainly in 2024, that need hope. That need someone to say, hey, I care. And let me introduce you to my Savior who certainly cares and did something for you. These angels sang, and I think it was the only kind of praising that could take place. And as the shepherds rejoiced, I think it brought a smile to God's face. There are things that are being spoken about today that, that I realize affect us in different ways. And once again, I'm, I'm not ignorant of the difficulties we face as a church, as families. I was listening to a gospel uh, song this week, and the title was, I read the last chapter of the book, <laughs> and we win. These shepherds were looking for hope, and they had hope because they were told there was a coming Messiah. And so they responded in faith to see the Christ child. Our hope is in the fact that Jesus is coming back. And no matter what you're going through today, no matter the difficulties that you seem hold you back from moving forward, God says, you can do this. I'm here for you. Come unto me, you are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Many of you quote Philippians 4.13 and you have victory each day when you're tempted and, and looking at plunging into sin. No, I'm not going down that route. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're told even our thoughts come unto the obedience of Jesus Christ. And folks, whatever it is that you're struggling with, you can trust the Savior. He can make the difference in your life. So what can we take with us today from a Christmas story that we've heard many, many, many times, perhaps with those fresh eyes on this message? Well, what did the shepherds learn that very day? They learned that they were important to God. And may I say, no matter what you're thinking or how you feel, you are important to God. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he wants to save you and give you eternal life. They learned they were special and important to God. They also learned that they could know the Savior. And I know that's so true for so many of us here today. But if that is not true for you, it can be. It can be. And in a moment I pray, you can pray as well and invite Jesus into your heart. They learned that day that God has some wonderful news for all who believe. Once again... It's not the news in and of itself unless you're believing in it. And I trust 
that your heart is open to responding to however God speaks to you today to be willing to say, yes, Lord. They also learned that when God calls, it's up to them to respond. But as we go our way, I want you as well to reflect on the thought that the good news is not something that you keep to yourself. There again, look for opportunities, pray for individuals, but take that step. We've all heard of the church lady that, that uh, kept praying for rain, kept praying for rain, kept praying for rain, but there was no rain. And every day she would bring her umbrella with her, and they said, why are you bringing your umbrella? Not forecasted to rain. She said, well, I am praying for rain, and if I'm going to pray for rain, I better be ready for it. Folks, sometimes we neglect that. But each of us need to be ready for what God has for us and be ready to be used for him. In closing, being a shepherd was a lonely job, I think. They were weary oftentimes, probably boring and tedious work, I would think. Certainly it was with moments of extreme danger, being out in fields like that. But it was that hope, once again, that kept them going. They knew a Messiah was coming, and they were going to be privileged to see him. They were invited, and they beheld him with their eyes. How about us? Where are we today? Are we recognizing once again that no matter where we are and what we're feeling, he's coming again, and he's taking his children with him? No more death, no more pain, no more nonsense in relationships. We'll be with him eternally. As we leave today, your hearts should be encouraged that we're celebrating the coming of our Savior and what a difference he has made in our lives. And finally, if you'll be leaving this morning, And you're thinking right now, I wish that could be me. It could be. I'm going to pray in a moment, and we're going to uh, dismiss. And once again, our pastors will be in the atrium. I'll stay down here. If there's someone here that just is not sure where you'd be that second after you take your final breath, would you allow me to show you God's Word and what it says about how you can know the Savior and be born again. If you have other things going on that you just want prayer for, let me pray with you. I want to encourage you and just lift our voices up that God would meet the deepest need of your hearts today. So whatever it is, whatever your need, allow God to minister to your heart today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the Christmas story that refreshes our hearts and minds to, Lord, your love for us and not being a respecter of individuals, but, Lord, your love is equal for all. Your gospel call is all-inclusive to anyone that would say, Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Forgive me. I believe Jesus is your son, died for my sins, rose again. I call upon him to be my savior. 
Father, a simple prayer like that would suddenly bring about the new birth and we would rejoice what a special time of year to be able to call upon Christ and become a part of the family of God. Would you work in hearts? Father, I pray for others that are hurting, some online, and Lord, uh, you know which each one is experiencing. And I pray your hand to be upon them. We call for healing, if it would be your will. We pray for grace to help them through a difficult time. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would minister to the deepest needs of each person here today and whatever that involves whether it's relationships or concerns about finances or uh, father you know every need here today may they trust in you and may we each rest in you we love you father we want to finish well and help us to make those decisions that at the end of our life we'll be able to say it was worth it all In your name we pray.